I'm going to preach today a message I call the football sermon. And the reason is because I want to reach men because men need the most help, don't they, ladies? Uh, Bobby Bowden, the legendary coach of Florida State, his wife asked him, do you love me more than football? He said, college or pro? Most of you know I'm a cowboy fan. I've used the line, there are going to be pallbearers at my funeral so they can let me down one last time. Uh, after this year, I'm not sure I even want them to be pallbearers. I'm afraid they'll drop the casket or fumble it or put me in the wrong hole. Uh, but this buddy of mine is a huge cowboy fan. Matter of fact, he has a dog that he dresses up in all this cowboy uniform. And the dog actually watches the game. And uh, he took him to a, uh, one of these restaurants and had a big screen and watched the game. And the guy said, you can't take the dog in here. He said, yeah. He said he wants to watch the game. He's a huge cowboy fan. He said he's a dog. He said, yeah, but he, I promise he'll watch the game. He'll, he's a cowboy fan. He said, well, okay, I'll give it a try. So they go in there and the game starts and the dog's watching the game. I mean, it's like he's interested. And then the Cowboys march down the field, and of course, they can't score, so they kick a field goal. And when they kick a field goal, the dog starts doing flips and high-fiving everybody in the restaurant. And the, and the guy says, man, that's incredible. He, he is a fan. That, that's unbelievable. What does he do when they score a touchdown? He said, I don't know. I've only had him a year. So, uh, uh, so I don't know who your team is, and I don't know how they're doing, but... We're going to try to take this and relate it to your life. Uh, if you don't understand anything about football, you think split in is a bad hair day. Uh, let me see if I can explain to you what we do in football. It's 11 guys trying to move a small object 100 yards. It's kind of like the post office. You know, it takes a long time. Uh, uh, so see if I can help you today. Before I actually begin the message, I have the, this is the best football story in the world. Okay, guys, take notes. Best football story in the world. This guy from South Texas dies and unfortunately goes to hell. And Satan says, you know, so what you do in hell, you take this sledgehammer and you beat on these rocks all day long, you know, in the heat. You know, it's going to get hot, but you beat them, but you still got to beat on those rocks all day. You know, so he beating all those rocks all day, and Satan goes off, and whatever Satan does, and comes back, and uh, the guy's laughing, talking to people, beating on rocks, just, you know, pretty much, you know, in pretty good mood, and Satan said, what, what's the deal with you? He said, man, I'm from South Texas. Man, I, heat doesn't bother me. I'm South Texas, you know, uh, so Satan says, tomorrow you cut up that heat. I mean, you cut up that heat, you know, so Satan goes off, they cut up the heat, and he comes back in the next day, and the guy's still out there smiling, is beating them, you know. And he said, are you still in a good mood? He said, yeah. He said, I'm from South Texas. Heat doesn't bother me. So he turned to the demons and said, okay, I've had it with this guy. Reverse it. I want you to freeze him out. I mean, freeze him out. Some South Texas heat doesn't bother me. Freeze him out, you know. So they, they leave, and they freeze this guy out. Satan comes back. He's in the best mood he's ever been. And he's laughing. He's talking to people. And Satan said, what is the deal with you? I tried to burn you up. Now I'm freezing you out. And you're still in a good mood. 
And the guy from South Texas said, man, it's obvious. Hell froze over. The Cowboys are back in the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, now that I got your men attention, Philippians 4.12 says it this way. Not that I've already obtained this, that I've been made perfect, but I press hold for that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet taken hold of it, but it's one thing I do. Forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press toward the what? The goal. The goal. Sound like football, doesn't it, guys? The goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This uh, recruiter was uh, new to this head coach. He wanted to be a good recruiter, and so the head coach took him to this Columbine where they're seeing all the players work out, and he wants to tell him what kind of player he wants on his team. So he says, I want you to watch these players. Watch that guy right there. He got knocked down, and we don't want that player. And the young recruiter says, you're right. We don't, we don't want that player. He said, but look at that guy right there. He got knocked down, and he got back up. And the recruiter says, that's the guy we want. He said, no, we don't, we don't want him. He said, look at this guy over here. He got knocked down, got back up, got knocked down again. He got up again. And the recruiter said, that's the guy we want. And he said, no, we don't want that guy either. And he said, well, coach, what kind of guy we want? He says, we want the guy knocking down all those other guys. That's the guy we want. Let me see if I can sum up life for you. It's a lot like football. There's going to be a lot of things trying to knock you down. And the way to be successful in life, you got to knock those things down, right? Now, how do you do that? I'm going to try to help you do that today. First thing is, you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared. Now, some of you don't remember this because you're uh, young people. But many, many years ago, the Cowboys actually made the playoffs. You know, they, uh, they played the 49ers. And they were behind. It was the last few minutes of the game. I guess Coach Landry thought we're not going to win anyway. And he turned to a young guy out of the Navy, a guy with no experience whatsoever. And he said, Roger, go in the game. And they heard Roger mutter under his breath, I'm ready. I've been waiting for this. Uh, Roger Staubach goes in the game, throws two touchdowns, and they kick a field goal and win the playoff game. And, of course, he became the quarterback uh, for the Cowboys for many, many years. Why? Because he was prepared. He's prepared. You know, uh, a lot of people say, well, they, they got the will to win. No, you got to have the will to prepare to win. It's what happens in private. It's what's going to make you a winner in public. You got to prepare to win. You got to be prepared. Now, if you're a Christian, what are you prepared for? You know what the Bible says? You are prepared to tell people about Jesus. That's what we do. This is God's team. What we do, we, you are prepared when somebody wants to know to tell them the hope that's in within you, that, that you can tell them, this is why my life is like this. This is why I smile when you can't. This is why I'm in a good t mood when you aren't. This is why I do this and you don't. Well, I, I have this hope that's within me. I'm on, I'm on God's team. I'm prepared to do that. And by the way, you don't, as the coach told the guy, don't quote scripture, you run touchdowns, right? In other words, have the credibility so people actually want to be like you. So they'll want to say, hey, what's different about you? Why do you go to that church? Why do you do that? First thing is be prepared. Next thing is have a team. Have a team. 
it's no fun watching a game when you don't really care who wins. Do I me? Mean, do you? I mean, I, I used to live in Albuquerque. You know, I grew up in the South with an SEC and all that, and then I moved to Albuquerque. You know, and on TV would be like a Southern Cal playing New Mexico. You know, and I'm thinking, who cares? You know, who cares? You know, uh, it, I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't get into it. You know, because it wasn't any of my teams. It wasn't any of my teams. You're not, you're not going to enjoy this game of life until you know who your team is. You know, until you know who who who, who you fought. You know, I mean, I I, uh, I graduated from the University of South Carolina, but. But I pull for Clemson, our arch rival. Why? Because their coach has got a strong faith. You know, he's on my team. You know, uh, he plays for a different school, but he's on my team. You know, uh, so I, I pull for him. See, I know which I know which team I'm on. And so you you have your team, and you got to decide which team you're on. The Bible talks about a double-minded man. Uh, you you're gonna be a miserable person if you're a double-minded person. Can you imagine somebody in the Super Bowl, maybe one of the quarterbacks, you know, and uh, he, he's never had a Super Bowl ring before. So before the game, he goes to the other team and says, look, look, I, I think we're going to win, but I'm not sure. Y'all got a pretty good team too. So maybe I can just run a few snaps with you. Maybe in the second half, it looks like you're winning, you know, so I can, so I can get the team, you know, and, and that would never happen. Matter of fact, you, you've never seen a guy go out there with a jersey on one end and then a jersey on the back of the different team, you know. They, they, both teams would hit him. Why? Because he's double-minded. He can't decide which team he's on. You know, uh, if you're going to have a great life, if you're going to be successful, you got to pick your team. Got to know which team you're on. Got to know who you pull for. You can't be double-minded. And then you got to know your position. Uh, many people, many people here, God's team. If I ask you, what's your position? So, well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> your end zone's worn out. That's your position, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, uh, uh, Ken talked about it earlier, you know, about where, where are you, what do you do here? You know, what, what's your position? I, uh, I was in fifth grade. We had a, a guy move to our school, fifth grade, and he was a big kid. I mean, he's a big kid. So, uh, we, you know, when you're in fifth grade, you got a football team, a big kid moves in, you say, man, this is good, this is good, you know. So we said, hey, you, you play football. Oh, yeah, I, I play football, you know. Well, what position you play? Well, I, I don't really have, have a position. I just played football. And my buddy looked at me like, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> if you play football, you know what your position is, you know. You don't, you don't play football. You just talk about it. Let me ask you here. What's your position? What's your position? What do you What do you do on the team? Well, no wonder you're not enjoying it. No, no wonder you don't don't get excited about when the team wins. You know, you, you, you're not. I don't know if you're really on the team. You see, you got you got to find. And there's a lot of positions. A lot of positions. You know, you, you can be. Uh, you can be a cheerleader. That'd be, that'd be good just to encourage everybody. You got to wear more clothes than a cowboy cheerleader, but you got to be a cheerleader. You know? uh, uh, you, 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 some of you need to be blockers. You need to be blockers. See, the, the number one thing the other team wants to do is to get to the quarterback. You know? Your pastor is your quarterback. Okay? He, he's, he's the quarterback. You know, I, I, I pastored church for a while. <laughs> I quit because I got sacked too much. You know, I got sacked too much. You know, I, I, I didn't have enough blockers. I didn't have blockers. You know, uh, 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 so so you, you need 
some of you just need to be blockers, you know, for your, for your, for your pastor, for your quarterback, you know. Because there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks out there. They gripe about everything, you know. They gripe about everything. They get negative about the team, you know. They, they want, uh, uh, but so, so you got to block. There's all, all kind of things you can, you can do out there. Don't have time to go into that because they only give me so much time. You understand it. Okay, so next thing to be on the team, you got to run the plays. Got to know what the plays are. Now, now the owner, God, when he left through his son Jesus, he gave us the place. Okay. You're going to be witnesses. You know, this is, this is what my team does. You'll, get, you'll have power not when you go to church. You'll have power not when you sing a lot, not when you read your Bible all the time. You'll have power when you're my witnesses. That's how you get power. You know, uh, that, that, you, you, that, that's how you go. You know, and that's what the boss says. Like <laughs> the... Uh, uh, legendary Bear Bryant, coach of Alabama, t- tells a story about to him and uh, Shug Jordan of Auburn. They had a game, and it was a big, decisive game at the end of the year. They always play in that Iron Bowl, you know, at the end of the year. And uh, Alabama was down to the third-string quarterback. He's a big kid, but pretty slow kid. And uh, finally, they're down to him, third-string quarterback. End of the game, coach says, "All you got to do is run out the clock. Even if you don't run out the clock, our defense can hold them. We're ahead." Just take the snap. Don't even, don't even hand off to anybody. Just kind of step back like you're going to throw a pass. And then just when they get to you, just drop down and just kill as much time as you can. Well, first two plays, he did that. Third play, starts to do that. And uh, all of a sudden, out to the corner of his eye is one of his guys just wide open because they don't have any idea he's going, he would ever throw a pass, you know, because he's all been sacked, you know, each time. And, and, he, and the guy's just wide open. He said, well, man, I, I could just throw just toss that to him, throw a touchdown, the game would be over anyway. You know, that's work. So the temptation got to him. He let it go. And the moment he let it go, he realized, big mistake. You know, the Auburn linebacker pulled right in front of him, fastest man on the team, grabbed the ball and headed down the sidelines. You know, they're only about their 10, so they had 90 yards to go, but this guy's quick. He's zooming down the sidelines. But that third-string quarterback caught him on the 20-yard line. Two plays later, the game was over. They held him. After the game, the coach of Auburn said to the Alabama coach, Bear Bryant, I don't get it. How can the slowest guy on the field, your third-string quarterback, catch my guy, the fastest guy on the team, and save the touchdown? And Bear Bryant said this, well, there's a difference here. Your guy was running for a touchdown. My guy was running for his life. It's amazing what emotion does in the game of life, isn't it? You know, it's amazing. Some of you don't, you don't have the emotion. You, you, it, it, you don't have the position. You don't know what the plays are. And, and you're not getting excited about the plays. Now, most churches I'm in, I'm, I'm probably preach, I've probably preached in 500 churches. Most churches are not like a football team in many ways. They're more like the huddle. You know, they just huddle. You, know, you, ever, you ever, they, they, they just like huddles. You know, we, 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 we huddle in today. You know, this is a good huddle, you know. We got, got Charles here, that psychologist. He's a good huddle guy. He's got a huddle. And, and this, you know, this is such a good huddle. We're going to huddle again. You know, let's, let, let's go huddle on the 40, you know. I mean, this is on the 20. Let's go huddle on the 40. And maybe bring somebody else to the huddle. That'd be good. You know, still good, you know. 
And then he huddled again. He said, man, this is just sweet fellowship in the huddle. You know, we got to know each other really good in our huddle. And, you know, I like this guy. He, you know, let's, let's just do another huddle. Do another huddle. You know. <laughs> and then they huddle so much, they get to griping about stuff. You know, because, you know, did you, did you hear the band songs at halftime? You know, I, I, don't, I don't like that. I didn't like that. You know, I don't think I'm coming back to this huddle. Call. I'm, I'm going to find another band. You know, this, and what if the coach finally sent out somebody and said, what are you doing? Run a play. Oh, we tried that, coach. We, we tried that. Man, they, they mean out there. You know, they, they mean. They knock you down. I think we're just going to stay in the huddle. You know? Stay in the huddle. Folks, this is a great huddle. But it's not what the church is about. Church is about running plays out there. See, church is about winning this city to Christ. You know, that's where the power comes. That's where we, we got to get some plays to do that. You see, we got to get some people to run those plays. We got people blocked for them because they're going to get knocked down out there. You know, we got to get ready to get out there because out there, it's tough. <laughs> you realize all the great players, I mean, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, those guys. They gained like nine miles in their lifetime. Nine miles. But guess what? They got knocked down about every four yards. Every four yards. Boom. You know, get back up again. You try to go again. You know? That's the way it is out there, folks. You're going to get knocked down. And you got to have a team. You got a team. Get you back up. You ever notice how your team going you know, to pick you back up, get you back in, you know, get back in there? Because they know you're going to get hit again, buddy. <laughs> we got to get you ready. <laughs> you need your team. You need your team. That's where the emotion comes from. You got to run your plays. You got to trust your coach. You got to trust your coach. I went to the University of South Carolina. Uh, we've never been good like Clipson is now. Uh, in the old days, when I went, we were really bad. I mean, we've won a few lately, but we, we, we were so bad the team had unlisted jerseys. They didn't even want to know who, you know, who we are. You know, they, uh, 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 our colors were black and blue. You understand what I'm saying? We were bad. You know? uh, uh, we, <laughs> our, our mascot was the old possum. You know, we, uh, we played dead at home, got killed on the road. You know, that's us. And so... Uh, Our games are on PBS. You understand? I mean, we're bad. Okay, that's go get it. So, I could I could go on, but they don't give me much time. I go on. <laughs> Our quarterback's number was minus fourteen. No, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> I went to the game one year. A game we actually won, and uh, I sat by somebody who'd already made Milwaukee famous. You ever sat by a drunk at a football game? You know, it's just you know. Just something about me, I tracked them. And so, uh, uh, sitting by this drunk, and my team would come out in a particular formation, and they would give it to the halfback off tackle, and he'd get smeared. You know, it seemed like every, that seemed like the only play we had. I mean, he'd just give it, and, and the drunk was getting mad, and he was getting loud. And he would say, the same formation, the halfback's going to get it again. And sure enough, the halfback get it, and, he get, and the drunk's just getting louder and louder. Well, finally, the first quarter's almost over. We're making no progress, almost the same play. And, and then they, they, 
you know, start coming out second quarter. We think, well, they're going to change the formation. I'm thinking they probably heard the drunk up here, you know. Uh, but no, they come out in the same formation. I couldn't believe it. Neither could the drunk. You know, he's hollering the same formation, you know. And sure enough, they give it to the halfback, except this time he pulled it back, stepped back, threw an 80-yard touchdown pass to the split end. And we went nuts. I mean, we didn't, we didn't score. Matter of fact, one year, one year we scored, we forgot the victory song. It had been so long, we didn't know what, you know. When it, there's something we do after this, but I can't remember. Uh, uh, but we remember the victory song and everything. And then I decided to rub it in. And I, I mean, I know I look spiritual up here with my Bible. I know that. But I'm as sorry and no good as you are. I promise, you know. <laughs> I need Jesus just as much as you do. And so I... Uh, you know, I just thought, I'm going to just rub it in a little bit. You know, drunk, make me mad. I started hit him. I said, hey, fella, what formation was that? The halfback get at that time? Huh? Huh? You know? And then he just stands up. And he's a lot bigger than what I thought. You know? <laughs> Looks like he's in some prison release program, you know? And uh, his fences, you know, I can tell his, you know, fists are clean. I'm... I'm I'm starting to sing, Lord, I'm coming home, you know, or <laughs> near my God to thee or something. And so uh, I thought he was going to hit me, you know. And then he, his veins, you know, he said, and then he just looked at me. And he just said, how was I to know what that blankety-blank coach was planning? And then he sits down because he couldn't stand for long. He sat back down. And I thought, you know, smart drunk. He didn't know what the coach was planning. He didn't know that the coach wanted the defense to think the halfback always gets it. And then the halfback didn't get it. Why? Because the coach didn't want to win the first quarter. The coach wanted to win the whole game. Let me tell you, go to a football game and watch the coach. He's got these ear things, and he's talking to somebody with a better view. Let me tell you about the game of life. From down here you're going to get very discouraged. You need to talk to somebody with a better view. You need to trust the coach that although this play doesn't look like it's working, you are going to win in the end. I, uh, I moved from Dallas, Texas to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Pastor a very large church. And they had, you know, like this, a lot of cameras, teleprompters and stuff around. And they knew in Albuquerque, this guy comes from Dallas, he's a huge cowboy fan, right? So they wanted to keep the new pastor happy. So in Albuquerque, there's a time change. So at 11 o'clock in Albuquerque, it's 12 o'clock in Dallas. So the cowboys are already playing, right? So we're doing 11 o'clock service, our third service. And they thought, well, let's keep the pastor happy. Let's flash the cowboy score on the teleprompter while he's preaching, you know, just... <laughs> keep him up with the game, you know. Uh, kind of sounded like a good idea on paper, but it did not go well, you know. I'm a little ADD anyway, so I'd be preaching away. Matthew 21 to 3, you know. Uh, it just confused everybody, confused everybody. So I told, I told them, don't do that anymore. Don't do that anymore. So I came up with a plan. Go to the game Bef go to the church before, you know, i got two services. Uh, put the, uh, by the way, this is going to sound like the History Channel to some of you, uh, some of you young people over here. 
in, in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, they used to have something called VHS, you know, things. And you put them in TVs, big old things, and then they taped things for you. And you watch them later. You know, it, it's just happened a long time ago. And so uh, I would put the tape in there and then go to all the services, meet the visitors, go have a leisurely lunch, go back by the office, pick up the tape, go home and watch it on my big screen, right? Great plan. It never worked. Every time I'd go back to the church to pick up the tape, I would run into somebody who'd already seen the game, usually a deacon. Uh, that's why I believe Jesus went around healing, doing miracles, and casting out deacons. And so I... Uh, 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 he would say, man, wasn't that a great game? Cowboys won 35 to 14, and Emmett scored two touchdowns. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I got it in my hand. But I'm a fan, so I'd go home and watch it anyway. And that's when I realized what a huge difference it makes in your life when you know you win in the end. I mean, you know, sometimes I'd forget. I mean, I'd, I'd forget, you know, and, and, and Emmett would fumble, and I'd say, can't you hold on to the ball? We pay you millions of dollars. You and then I'd, oh hell, we won, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Emmett, just do better next time. No big deal. No big deal. My friend, that's the game of life. You're gonna fumble. You're gonna throw some interceptions. You're gonna get knocked on your rear. <laughs> but hey, you can get back up. Why? Because you know. You win and end. That's all that matters. All that matters. So when you win the end, here's what you can also do. You can enjoy the game. You can enjoy the game. You, know? you can relax a little bit. Have some fun. You know? Most of you know I, I don't have dog-tired Christianity. I got hot dog Christianity. You know? This is good news. This is, you know, I don't know why y'all look so miserable most Sundays. This is good news. You know? uh, we A great joy. You know? So laugh a little bit. Enjoy your life a little bit. Some of your halos are on way too tight, you know. Uh, uh, I tell people, no wonder Jesus hung around with sinners. Look at you guys, you know. Uh, it was in uh, junior high, ninth grade. Our football team wasn't much. And, of course, ninth grade, the coach had to send in a substitute with the plays. And in our situation, it was a guard named Gallardi and a guard named Ross. Gallardi would come in and call the play, and Ross would peel out of the back of the huddle. Then Ross would come in and call the play. Gallardi would peel out of the back of the huddle. It was working well as we were going down the field. Until for some unknown reason, Gallardi decided to peel out of the front of the huddle instead of the back of the huddle. And he hit Ross head on, just like that. And it knocked him out cold. To a ninth grade football team, it's one of the funniest things we'd ever seen in our lives. We just couldn't stop laughing. And we couldn't stop laughing, so we had to call timeout. The coach sent in a substitute and said, one that didn't run into somebody else, and said, uh, don't call another timeout or I'll kill you. We thought that was funny at the time because we couldn't stop laughing, so we had to call another timeout. The coach sent in another substitute and says, the way I'll kill you is on Monday at practice, I'll run you till you die. Well, the quarterback realized he's the captain of the Titanic, and we got to run a play. So we said, without a huddle, run 34 right. Everybody just line up. 
So we started to line up. Unfortunately, the quarterback, still a little bit uh, out of sync, put his hand under the guard instead of the center. And, of course, the guard looks up when somebody's putting their hands back there. <laughs> and we started laughing again. And the center centered it over the quarterback's head, and the other team recovered the fumble, and we had to leave the field. I won't tell you what the coach said. It wasn't very nice. But on Monday, he tried to kill us. And guess how we made it through that Monday? We laughed about it. <laughs> we, we had our 40th year reunion. Most of our football team was there. We're still laughing about it. There's some things in the game of life that are just funny. They're just funny. <laughs> Laugh about it. Laugh about it. Enjoy the game. The next thing is finish. Finish. It's amazing to me how many teams can do so well and score so many points in the last two minutes. You ever notice that? I'm thinking, why didn't you do that earlier? You know, I mean, why didn't you do that early? Why didn't you have that intensity? You know, why didn't you have that passion early? You know, so you have to finish the game. It was years ago, one of the coldest uh, games in NFL history. It was called the Ice Bowl. The Packers playing the Cowboys. Jerry Kramer tells the story. He says they down and they got to get in the goal. They got to score to win the game. He said, it is so cold, he cannot feel his feet, he cannot feel his hands. He said, I literally can't feel anything, you know. Uh, and the coach, or the quarterback, they sit in the play, and the, and the quarterback, Bart Starr, says, it's coming over you. You have to make the block. And he said, when he said, you have to make the block, I thought, I can't. I can't. There's no way. But he says, we're just about to break the huddle, and all of a sudden, all around that field, all these stands, all these people standing up, saying, go, go, go. And I thought, here they are. They're just as cold as I am, you know. They're, but they, they're counting on me to make the block. And, of course, he made the block, beat the Cowboys, made the block. You know what the Bible says? We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. On this team, God's team, you got people like my dad, who's a whole country preacher. I believe he's up there going right now. Ooh, whoa, whoa, that's I play for the Cowboys. That's a fumble. Uh, uh, uh. I believe my dad is up there going, go, go, go. Some of you got some grandparents up there, maybe mom and dad up there. Go, go, go. Yeah. Unfortunately. You know what most churches are about? No, 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 no. They don't have any plays. They're just huddle griping. You know. Finish. And by the way, another analogy of life. One day, whistle's going to blow. Game's over. You ever notice when the game's over? <laughs> it's over. I mean, you can't go back and, well, okay, well, you know, I wish I'd, it's over. One day, whistle's going to blow. Game's over. And the only thing that matters, whose team you're on. only thing that matters. Make sure you're on God's team. Let me wrap this up. 
last story. Good cowboy story this time. Of course, it was years ago. <laughs> a little boy named JP. I know the story because the lady wrote a letter to the editor of the Dallas Morning News and told the story. Said she went to uh, the training camp with the Cowboys because her son JP loved the Cowboys. He had a rare disease that was fatal. I think it was Burkitt's lymphoma. Said he was only going to live a few months. Loved the Cowboys. So she made time to take him to training camp. Got to meet some of the Cowboys. His favorite was Troy Aikman. So they got to talking and Finally, Troy asked the mom, what, what, what does JP really, what would he really like for me to do? She said, oh, if you could maybe just give him a football, that'd be great. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to score a touchdown, and I'm going to give that ball to JP. She said, oh, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. So that summer, they went to Mexico to play that preseason game, and he wasn't going to play at all. But they came back to Dallas to play the Oakland Raiders in August, hot August night. He was only going to play the first quarter. But the first drive, they drove all the way down the field. They got to about the 13. Troy Aikman went back to pass, and then he all of a sudden ran for the end zone. Two Oakland Raiders hit him at about the three-yard line, but he, somehow he made it in and scored a touchdown. And she said, the sports writers were brutal. They wrote about it in the papers. How, how, what is Troy Aikman doing? Why would he risk his career? Why, why, why is he such a bad teammate that he would do something so dumb in a meaningless preseason game to try to score a touchdown that meant nothing? And so they went on and on. And she said they didn't know. They didn't know that it wasn't a meaningless preseason game. That that touchdown that he scored was for the heart of a dying child and that child was waiting on that football and gave him a lot of other stuff but that football was signed and that football went in the casket with JP and she said I knew it had nothing to do with football it had everything to do with a dying child let me just say this I love football <laughs> But in the big scheme of things, it means nothing. Nothing. They asked Dwayne Thomas, what's it like to play in the Super Bowl, the ultimate game? He said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? You know? Most of you can't even remember who won last year in the Super Bowl. You know? This game that we play every weekend, is the only game that really matters. We play for the hearts of dying people every weekend. Hey, football, watch it. Make it your pastime. But if your pastime ever becomes your passion, you will lose the game of life because passion is about things that last forever. Here's what the Bible says. Every competitor in athletic events goes into serious training. Athletes will endure tremendous pain for a fading crown of leaves. But our contest is for an eternal crown that will not fade away. Make your team God's team.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you that you're such a good God, and thank you that you're our God because of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you allow us not only to be in your forever family, but to be on your team, to play the game of life, to win people into your kingdom, and you promise to give us the power to be your witnesses. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.